When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. Time on with Sam Hargraves on SEN. Uh, it's been a big day, a lot of player moves, there's a lot happening, uh, a lot to get through and of course no time on is complete without your say on the news of the day. one three hundred seven three six seven three six is the number. Let's get cracking into time on for your Tuesday. Yes, indeed. Welcome to Time On. Wonderful to have your company. I hope you've had as good a day as you possibly can in whatever circumstances you're finding yourself in. So wherever you've put in the day, wherever you've put in the day, I uh, hope it's been uh, it's been okay. Uh, it's been pretty confronting, to say the least, uh, down in Melbourne. Hopefully we can uh, focus our energies on sport and all that's been happening uh, in the sporting world today, which is what we do better than anybody here at SEN. So one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 736 of course, your say on the news of the day. You can text in as well, 0433 uh, Thanks to anyone that got tested, vaccinated, and any frontline worker who's been out there today as well. one three hundred seven three six seven. 36 is the number. Heaps to get through as well, but uh, let's just start off uh, congratulating our Aussie women's cricket team, their 25th one-day international win in a row. They, geez, didn't they account just nicely uh, with the Indian team who... Um, set them a target of 225, uh, 226 to win at the end of their 50 overs. They were eight for 225. The the bowling and what a look to the future. And you just go, it just goes to show you how deep um, our Australian women's cricket team goes. It's the first time since 2012 that we haven't had uh, Jess Jonason uh, and Megan Schutt playing uh, in this side. And in uh, Darcy Brown in her second one day international was phenomenal. Hannah Darlington in her first uh, on debut as well. So that's just the look to the future. Um, Darcy Brown and Hannah Darlington, a nine-wicket win for Australia in the end. Four wickets uh, to Brown in just her second one-day international. And the top three for Australia were phenomenal. Rachel Haynes, 93, not out. Uh, Alyssa Healy, 77. And Meg Lanning, 53, not out. And congratulations to Meg Lanning as well. Uh, she becomes just the fourth Aussie woman to play 200 international games for Australia, joining uh, Alyssa Healy, Elise Perry and Alex Blackwell. So um, they set the scene and in the end, pretty comfortable. They got it in the 41st over, uh, the Aussies. So their series with India has started nicely uh, and on a winning note for um, our Aussie women. Uh, so the summer of cricket, well, it's probably more the spring of cricket at the moment, but uh, that's as good a start as you could possibly hope for. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 
What have we had today? Well, congratulations to the umpires that have been uh, announced uh, for those that, who will umpire this grand final. Uh, Matt Stevick uh, is one of those, and he spoke to Dwayne Russell a little earlier today about being uh, selected to umpire the 2021 AFL grand final. Uh, we actually found out Monday last week, Dwayne, but we've been in um, our third week of quarantine over here in Perth and just, um, I guess, waiting for the official announcement and training and... Um, yeah, just passing the days, but no, wonderful honour and feel uh, really privileged again to go around. Uh, we haven't actually umpired, I don't think, together this year, the three of us, but um, I mean, over the journey, we've we've umpired a lot together and um, I was with Brett, obviously, last week for the prelim or two weeks ago in Adelaide, so um, yeah, that doesn't matter too much. We uh, we all know what's expected of each other come come Saturday night. And it is Jacob's first, so it's a pretty exciting time for him. Oh, absolutely, Dwayne. I think, uh, if I'm honest, I was uh, probably more more excited for him. I think once you've done a, a couple, you you do you are uh, rooting for a few others to to experience what I've been really fortunate to to experience over a few years now. So for Jacob, you know, he's he's done almost 300 games. He's very experienced. He deserves his spot, and um, just just wraps and and really proud of what he's been able to achieve. Matt Stevick speaking to Dwayne Russell. So it's going to be his eighth straight AFL grand final. Matt Stevick, uh, that's a phenomenal achievement for him. He and his wife expecting their second child in the coming weeks. And there's a couple of little interesting stories. The AFL media department do this really well. Just to send out some little tidbits to us, such as uh, Brett Rosebury, uh, born in WA, by the way. He has He's had to quarantine in every state across the country this season, including a six-week block in New South Wales and Queensland. Jacob Mollison will be... Uh, officiating his first AFL grand final. He spent eight weeks on the road this year away from family during the home and away season, three weeks in Queensland, five weeks in WA. Boundary umpires uh, for this um, will be Michael Barlow. Not our Michael Barlow, of course, but boundary umpire Michael Barlow. He's been away from home for 91 days straight um, and he will be officiating his very first AFL grand final uh, as a boundary umpire along with uh, Michael Marantelli, uh, Christopher Gordon, uh, Matthew Konechka, um, and the emergency boundary umpire is Ben McDonald. The goal umpire is Stephen Axon and Stephen Williams. Sam Walsh has been named as the emergency goal umpire. Is that what happens when you finish fourth in the Brownlow medal? I jest, of course. It's not Carlton's uh, Sam Walsh. There is some news coming out of Carlton today that we'll get to in just a minute as well. But congratulations to all the umpires. Uh, and know you'll officiate the game well. Congratulations on that uh, achievement uh, and thank you for what you do for the game. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 A lot of player movement stories are around today, which we'll get to in just a moment. We do have a grand final this weekend uh, and there's been plenty of players up in front of the media in various formats. Uh, Christian Salem spoke to Jerry Waitley today and discussed their prep for their opposition in the Western Bulldogs and how they're going to approach that this week. Yeah, sort of more later in the week when we go through structure stuff. Yesterday it was more about um, how the types of way they want to play. So uh, probably Wednesday, Thursday, um, we'll ramp it up quite a bit and um, you know lead into the game. Do you have a fair idea, having played against them twice this year? Yeah, I think so. All, all the boys have a fair idea. It's, yep. um, it is what it is. And, yeah, you just got to uh, yeah, get your head around it. He gave Jared uh, a little insight into Saturday's scratch match. Um, the week leading into Geelong, we did a similar sort of setup, and 
um, you know, it's a bit of a unique situation having um, a game in a month, but, you know, we embraced it. We um, we went pretty hard. We did a couple quarters and um, obviously some other kicking drills and whatnot, but, you know, everyone bought in and, um, you know, went at it in a in a way where we're not going over the top, but, you know, we've got the work that we needed to get done. So there was a great debate back here, Christian, around, and it is because of the lull. Is it, what percentage of intensity would you have gone at? Um yeah, look, to be honest, you know, we had a contest block where that was full on 100%. Um, you know, we do that throughout the season. And, um, you know, the match team was pretty much fully added, except, you know, you just got to be smart. Like, you know, when we're slinging people, jumping to people's backs and whatnot. But um, other than that, you know, we want to practice our game style as best we can and um, give it as much like intensity as we can. Christian Salem uh, speaking to Jared Whiteley today. He also talked about being out of quarantine. Yeah, well, now we're out of quarantine. We can pretty much do whatever we want. Um, you know, restaurants, cafes all open over here. So um, a few boys been going out for breakfast, um, jumping in the beach for recovery. So it's at the same time, it's been pretty cruisy in terms of being training and just focusing on recovery and just getting ourselves ready. Have you, do you feel ready personally? Do you, how much are you looking forward to it? Yeah, I'm pretty excited. Obviously, it's still four or five days away. But um, yeah, at the moment, it's, uh, yeah, more excited than nervous. It's um, it's going to be a great week, and um, you know all the boys are looking forward to it. Mitch Hannon, a former D, now a Bulldog, uh, spoke via the club's website today, and he gave an insight into uh, the grand final build-up for the doggies. Yeah, very excited. It's um, obviously been longer than your usual build-up to any game, let alone a grand final with the extra week. Um, but good to have that first week of training under the belt and then now get into the exciting stuff. Well, we spent the first week um, back in quarantine, um, which is probably a good time just to sort of settle down a little bit and make sure you're just sort of um, taking it easy, hanging out with your mates, um, taking the chill out of the excitement of that pre- prelim. Um, and now that we've hit the, the Monday into the lead-up, it's probably, probably time to start slowly building the excitement. And uh, he also spoke about having the chance to play in a grand final. I n- never thought I'd be playing in an AFL grand final. Um, I was just happy to be playing AFL footy initially. Um, but now that we're sort of um, going down that path, I'm just uh, even more excited. Yeah, it's a bit bizarre how it's pan- panned out. I um, obviously played in that Footscray grand final uh, against Casey Demons. And now it's a sort of similar matchup, but at AFL level. So definitely pinching myself that I'm even in this position, fortunate enough to be playing. And um, yeah, just really looking forward to it. Uh, Tom McDonald, uh, did he speak today? Tom McDonald, did he? Uh, yesterday he spoke. So I might bring you some of that later if you, you missed that. But uh, there's plenty more to work through in terms of audio. Of course, your say on the news of the day, one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 is the number. Um, Sam Petrovsky-Seaton, so the news came out today that Carlton were confirming that uh, Sam had requested a trade back to the West Coast. Uh, he requested a trade to the West Coast Eagles. He's a WA lad, um, 23 years of age, uh, had shown substantial glimpses of what his potential was uh, at Carlton, but had been struggling to hold down uh, a spot in their best 22. He got dropped multiple times during the course of this year. He's out of contract, but he's not a free agent. So the Eagles are going to need to trade for him. He's nominated the Eagles as his destination of choice. Um, If they want to acquire him, uh, the Eagles have picks 10, 29, 36, 49, 65. You don't think that they would give up pick 10, uh, despite the fact that Sam Petrovsky-Seaton was pick 6 in 2016. And I remember at the time Cal Toomey wrote about him that he could be the best midfielder in the draft. Um, He played, was playing senior footy from the age of 16, I'm fairly sure, in the waffle. Um, Hasn't reached, hasn't been able to string consistent performances together. Hasn't probably had the midfield time that probably he would have liked and maybe Carlton fans would have been hoping that he would have got. 
So uh, he would absolutely be worth making a trade for. But what he's worth, uh, that's a, it's a great question. And that's going to be up to West Coast now to see, is that picks? Is that players? Is it a combination of both? Do West Coast have anybody that Carlton need? Um, and I suppose for Carlton, they would have been hoping that if they knew this was coming, I reckon they might have been hoping that he nominated Fremantle, given that they could have maybe sort of packaged in Sam Petrovsky seaton to the Dockers with maybe that pick six in order to get the Adam Cherrett deal done. But he has nominated West Coast, so that's their first port of call. So Carlton fans, one 736 736 94 games for Carlton, 13 in 2021. He averaged 15 disposals a game. Their head of footy, Brad Lloyd, said that uh, Sam has officially requested a trade. We'll now work with the West Coast Eagles and Sam's management to finalise a deal. Um, Sydney's Jordan Dawson, too, in a big win for the Crows. He's actually nominated Adelaide as his club of choice for 2022, which is, which is interesting. Um, yesterday, Chris Davies was on this station, I think speaking to Dwayne, who's the uh, CEO of Port Adelaide, saying that jo- uh, Jordan Dawson, the want-away swan but South Australian native, was their priority. So you've got a team that's made two prelim finals in a row and have declared you their priority of the off-season, yet your intention and, and, and your desire is to go to the Adelaide Crows. So that's a massive win for what they're doing. I mean, that's obviously, there's been a lot of thought put into that. That's not a decision that you'd imagine that Jordan Dawson has made lightly uh, with his management and his family, but he's declared his intention today that Adelaide is his preferred destination. So the Crows um, will now work with Sydney to finalise a deal to secure the South Australian who has played 64 games since being drafted with pick number 56 in 2015. Um, Very highly regarded is Jordan Dawson. Um, He's uh, he is lethal by foot um, and very, and probably and from all that you hear from, from people who are the more astute judges of talent around the country is yet to reach uh, his full potential. So there's a heap of upside um, in what Jordan Dawson can bring to the table of uh, his next home. Uh, in good news for the Blues... And this is a great news. The famous Silvani name will live on uh, at Carlton. Jack is going to stay at the Blues. He signed a, a two-year contract extension. Um, well, he signed a, a new contract for two years. We'll see him at the club till the end of 2023. Uh, it'll take him into his eighth season at the Blues. He averaged 13 disposals uh, and kicked nine goals across his 15 games this year. Uh, his best game of the season in round 20. Uh, 25 disposals, nine tackles, five marks, five hitouts, and a goal when he was having to pinch hit in the ruck. He's now played 78 games for the Blues and kicked 56 goals. And he's probably one of their most versatile players um, at the club. And he was a bit of a whipping boy, wasn't he? Early days, expectations on him. Um, He's wearing the famous number. He's wearing the long sleeve. And I think Carlton fans were maybe at times a little bit impatient. And he was sort of thrown around here, there and everywhere. But he has really cemented his spot. He is an important player for that club. And he's a heart and... He's an all or nothing player, I reckon. Um, you can't help but respect the way that he goes about it. So that's good news today. Tom Morris was filling in for Sam Edmund today and he and Jared Waitley rang the trade bell. So let's go through all that uh, Tom had to bring to the trade bell today with Jared Waitley. SEN.com.au if you missed any of this. In fact, we'll get our first break away and we'll come back on the other side uh, and work our way through those. Um, a few texts that are coming through. Got my second vaccination today, doing my bit. Go Demons. Uh, Aaron in Stewart Hills. Sammy, I know it's grand final week, but my blues are always on my mind. What currency does Sam Petrevsky seaton have at Carlton? Um, it's a good question, Aaron. <sighs> yeah, it's... Is it his fault that he hasn't really been able to show exactly what he's capable of? 
has he played enough, has he shown enough that he'd be worthy of a, a first-round pick? Carlton would certainly want something back for him the years that he spent there, and they used pick six on him. Yeah, that's a really tough one. I'm going to have to put some more thought into that. I don't want to just throw a number up in the air because it's a really tough one to gauge. His upside is, is exceptional. I still think there's a very, very good player there with Sam Petrevsky seaton and I think he can be a fantastic addition to any footy club and certainly play an important role uh, with, with, with more midfield minutes and maybe just needs a bit, bit of love, arms around, um, someone to really embrace him, pump him up uh, and help get the best out of him, which, which without knowing exactly, it would seem that he may, may not have had at his time at the Blues. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen off the temper text. Temper a mattress like no other. Uh, hi Sam. So is Crew going to the Pies? Do you know much about him? How AFL ready he is, and how he might fit into the Collingwood lineup? Cheers. That's from uh, Mari and Fitzroy or Marie and Fitzroy. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm hearing that um, we've we've got that coming up, um, and I've got to get myself across that story. But my understanding is that he has nominated the Pies as his preferred destination. Um, but in the games that he played for Geelong, you can certainly see that he is a player. And I was sad I didn't get to commentate him because I had a lot of gags, a lot of Seinfeld references stored up. Um, of course, Seinfeld fans will remember Kruger Industrial Smoothing. So there was, there was plenty. There was, a, there was a mine, a gold mine of, of gear to work through for that. But sadly, didn't get, to, didn't get to use any of it. Maybe we'll get to use a bit. So if you want to throw up some Seinfeld Kruger Industrial Smoothing references... Please feel free to do so, and we'll find out a little bit more about the Kruger story. one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Back with more time on after this. Rossi, could you have scripted a better second match ever for your country? Oh, I mean, I guess I was pretty lucky. A few of them were half trackers, and you know they hit it, hit it a bit. But um, yeah, just um, really great to have this opportunity to play here against India. So yeah, well, very humble. You bowled exceptionally well today. I guess were you nervous at all going in because you have the confidence of someone who's played for many years? Oh yeah, I was pretty nervous. Um, yeah, I was sweating a lot, and um, hands had to keep going into the ground because yeah, it was very sweaty. But um, no, it was good fun. Well, you couldn't tell you were very calm and composed. <laughs> I guess is there any word from your teammates? to sort of pep you up before the big game? Is there any mentors that have been working with you with your time in the team? Um, no, I guess they were all sort of just, you know, um, just have some fun and um, just do what you normally normally do and that's all they can ask, I suppose. But, yeah, it's been good fun to play play with all these girls. So, yeah. And just quickly, Bradley Hodges named you Darcy the Destroyer. What do you think of that? Oh, I think there's a bit of mayo on that one. <laughs> but, uh, no, nah, thanks. Oh, well, well done. Congratulations on amazing effort today. Thank you. Player of the match in Australia's win over India today in the first one day of their international series. Darcy Brown in just her second game, four wickets, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Welcome back to Time On. Of course, your say on the news of the day, and you can text in as well zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. Uh, question about Nathan Kruger a little earlier. The the most up to date update <laughs> that I can see is that uh, he's contemplating. Um, where, where his future lies. Apparently there's interest from Collingwood uh, and there is interest from St Kilda um, uh, due to, uh, based, based on a couple of reports that I've just had a quick flick through um, in the ad break. So I'll get to his numbers and um, what he's been able to do in his career so far, but certainly in the games that I saw him play this year for Geelong, looks a very, very solid player. 
um, with plenty of upside uh, as well. And thank you, Simon from Eltham, Cayuga, Cayuga. Keep sending through the Seinfeld references. We need a bit of a, a bit a bit more levity today on what's been a, a pretty intense day, uh, certainly in Melbourne. One three hundred seven three six seven three six. Sam doesn't what uh, what doesn't what does nominating a club mean? What's stopping Carlton from trading Sam to the Dockers? Um, well, we still don't have trade without consent. So he wants to get to West Coast, so they'll try and do a deal with West Coast. If it can't be done and he's got his heart set on West Coast and West Coast only, then just like Carlton got um, Jack Martin, um, and we've seen this a couple of occasions in recent years, that players might have to just nominate for the pre-season draft and and price themselves in a manner that no other club will take them and hope that they can get there that way. But um, at the moment, um, the player has a, a say in where they go. Um, so that's why they nominate where they'd like to be traded to. The trade belt today, Tom Morris filling in for Sam Edmund, and he started with uh, a couple of veteran skippers in Scott Pendlebury uh, and Jack Zebel. Yeah, so there's been a shift from Collingwood, so they're prepared to offer him two years now, which is what he wanted, and people I speak to believe that's a formality, and the same for Jack Zebel at North Melbourne, who wanted two years. The initial offer was one year. They've now offered two years, so I think that's going to get done as well. So good news for North fans and Collingwood fans that wanted to keep those two players. He also spoke about uh, the key forward market and what that means with Callum Coleman-Jones looking likely to get to North Melbourne uh, on a four-year deal and Marbio Chole heading home to Queensland. He came through the Brisbane Lions Academy um, and now he's set to go and has, has said that he'll be going to the Gold Coast. So what does that mean for the other key forwards in the market, Sam Wiedemann and Rory Lobb? But what this means for other key forwards that are around the market is very interesting. It means Sam Wiedemann probably doesn't have a suitor because North Melbourne's gone for Coleman Jones. It means Gold Coast isn't a suitor for Sam Wiedemann because they've gone for Marbio Chol. And Rory Lobb is sort of in limbo in some ways, even though he's contracted at Freo for another two years. So what North Melbourne and Gold Coast have done has a flow-on effect for other key forwards looking for a new home. He also, uh, what else did Sam, uh, Tom go through? He spoke about Jake Riccardi as well and Shane Mumford at the Giants. Well, the Bombers was the rumour, but I think he's going to sign a two-year deal at GWS. It's been on the table. That's what they're working towards. It's not official yet. I think Matthew Flynn will also sign a two-year deal at the Giants. And I checked in with the Giants this morning regarding Shane Mumford because there's still been no... Uh, retirement yes, announcement, yeah, yeah. and we think he's going to retire. We think it's highly likely, but it's not 100% certain yet. So there is still a very small possibility that Shane Mumford plays on, albeit uh, pretty minor, and that would be amazing if he does. Uh, and lastly, Took Miller, who was All-Australian this year, had a, a brilliant season, has been has established himself not only as the vice-captain of, uh, of the Gold Coast Suns, but certainly their most influential player, their hardest-working player. He's um, someone you can build a club around. He's universally admired now. Uh, for many, the hardest-working player on the ground in any game that he's playing in. Um, he was racking up massive numbers this year on his way to his first All-Australian, and he was the best and fairest at the Suns as well. Uh, Tom Morris gave us an update on uh, what's happening with his contract. Um, but he's out of contract at the end of next year and discussions have been ongoing for about four or five months regarding extending him for about four or five years, maybe six years as well, more likely four or five years. And he wants about 850 to 880 a year. That high 800 is what his management's asking for, which I don't think you can argue that that's not fair given how important he is to the Suns and his, and his loyalty. But the Suns at the moment are offering about $750,000. So there's a bit of an impasse. I, that, that will get resolved. He'll re-sign. But it just gives you an indication that, that at the to and fro for these really good players at 
clubs like the Gold Coast Suns that deserve good money, but the Suns also have in the back of their head, well, next year they want to keep Jack Lukosius. Next year they want to keep Isaac Rankin and Ben King. So they can't be offering Tuke Miller everything because then that might ruin their list build elsewhere. Uh, so that's good news. Uh, and in a history, a short history, the Gold Coast Suns, rightly or wrongly, have overpaid um, young players who hadn't proven themselves in the game to keep them. They'd paid them A-grade money um, for C-grade output. That's not their fault necessarily. They had to keep players there um, and tr- to entice them to stay and they were held to ransom on a couple of occasions. But in their history, there has not been a player more deserving of a long-term, highly paid deal than Took Miller. This is the guy that you will get everything you want out of in, in terms of how to build the culture of the club that you are still trying to establish. This is a heart and soul guy. This is a guy who sets the example. He sets the tone. He is probably the most influential person, I think, and will be the most influential person that's ever stepped foot in the door. That's how highly rated this guy has to be. This is the guy that you build the future around. Um, Unequivocally. So if that's what he wants, then you pay him. You absolutely pay him that money. You make him captain sooner rather than later. um, And you watch him bring all those young guys along with him. Um, He will end up being one of their most important players, um, is my prediction for Toot Miller. If he's not already, he'll end up being one of the most important players in their short history. And if they are to achieve success, like he will be the catalyst for it, along with some obviously influential people that they'll get off field um, and hopefully be able to keep those young stars that they've got on field. But this will be the guy that will lead them uh, where they want to go. one three hundred seven three six seven three six zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen. 736 736 0 4 Riley Beveridge was uh, giving an update to Gary and Tim from afl.com.au. You hear him every Monday at 10pm on the AFL Exchange. He had a couple of other trade updates. One of those was on the George Hewitt to Carlton deal. No, I think it virtually is a done deal now. I think it has been for a long time. I mean, this sort of started rumbling about two or three months ago that, that, that the Blues were interested in George Hewitt. It goes back to, to something Carlton was after 12 months ago, and that's a, a running sort of defensive midfielder. Um, I don't know if you remember that. They, they had a strong grab at, uh, at Jack Graham at the end of last season. He obviously re-signed with the Tigers, having just won his, his second flag there. But they've been after some defensive intent in that midfield for a long time. They, they couldn't necessarily find it last year, and Jack Graham turned them down. But they will find it this year in George Hewitt. So he'll go there as a free agent. I expect that one to be pretty cut and dry when, when the free agency period opens next week. Uh, and a lot of people have been inquiring, and we're getting a few texts coming through about Luke Dunstan. Um, let go from the St Kilda Footy Club despite getting the second most votes for them uh, in the Brownlow Medal on Sunday night. Uh, he was on Sports Day last night where he um, just quite frankly said that he, he's got uh, you know no drama um, personally with Brett Ratton, but just Brett Ratton did not rate him. Um, so Riley Beveridge spoke about where a potential landing spot for him might be. And the interesting thing with Gold Coast situation, though, is that Recently, they, they just re-signed Malcolm Roses, their small forward, to a two-year contract. That means they've now filled all 38 senior list spots on their mm. list. So they actually can't add anyone else to their senior list without delisting a contracted player, which I, I can't see them doing. So I think the only way Luke Dunstan finds a home at the Suns is if they're able to wait to the rookie draft or pick him up as a delisted free agent after the trade period. I don't think they'll be able to add him to a senior list at the moment. So that's an interesting one to watch. Riley Beveridge speaking to Gary and Tim, SEN Breakfast this morning, sen.com.au to hear that full chat. And, of course, the boys back from 6 a.m. tomorrow morning. Uh, When we come back, uh, Justin Lepich, what a find he has been. Um, What insight he's given us all year. Easily the rookie of the year in terms of first-year media performers. 
Uh, he is just taken to media a lot, the proverbial duck to water. He's uh, going to be like the quintessential college basketballer, one and done, as he heads back to join Craig McRae's super team, uh, the head of strategy and defensive coach uh, at the Collingwood Footy Club. But he was still able to leave us with some pearls uh, and he'll be back for Sunday, uh, for Saturday crunch time as well uh, on Saturday morning in the build-up to this year's grand final. Uh, but he was with Jared earlier on today, so we'll hear from him. And also Nathan Jones, um, much revered demon who spoke to Dwayne Russell a little earlier on today. I'll bring you that and uh, any of your calls, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. 736 Other good news for the Crows today, after Jordan Dawson nominated, that's where he'd like to... Um, make his way to. Sam Berry, Luke Pedler and Braden Cook have all signed two-year contract extensions. So all drafted in 2020, all made their debuts this season, were contracted for 2022, but now locked away for 2024, building nicely. The Crows, so are we. Half an hour of time on before we get into the sporting capital. Uh, welcome back to Time On, one 736 736 Sam Hargraves with you, 0433-981116. is the temper text line, and there's a few that I'll get to in just a moment. Uh, but Rob Dog's giving us a call from Ormond. Hello, Rob Dog. There you go, mate. I'm well. What do you got Listen, um, um, Mitch Wallace, why wouldn't he be a good fit for Collingwood? Now, I'm a dog supporter, but I, it breaks my heart that that poor bugger is playing the twos. Mm. Now, he's a solid citizen, can kick a goal. He's played midfield. Okay, he hasn't got pace, but they don't need pace. They need some inside boys. And Paddy Lipinski might be going over there. Look, I, it wouldn't be the worst thing for Mitch, and I don't think it, uh, any any dog supporter would uh, begrudge him that. Yeah, I reckon Mitch Wallace will definitely be somewhere else next year, and you cannot blame him um, for that. Uh, that that's... That's a staggering one for me, what's going on with Mitch Wallace. And, hey, look, Luke Beveridge might have been proven to be 100% right with that call, but it's it's hard to remember a bigger fall from Grace from a guy who was named vice-captain. Um, last year, he was their leading goal kicker, I'm fairly sure, um, played a new role, took to it without and out of plomb um, to go and play a pressure forward, and he was able to convert opportunities as well. Uh, and to now only play six games this year, um, they've gone with Waitman and Vandermeer uh, above him. Yeah, it's, it's been an interesting one. And, Sam, it's about pace. Yep. Uh, if you saw in the finals, he missed a couple. I think he lost his confidence. He never got back, but you, you can't get pace back. And I think if you, you have a look at like Vandermeer's there, yeah, everybody's got pace. Beverage loves pace. Mm. So, yeah, look out. Know, I'm sorry, Mitchie boy, but and I love the man, and I'm happy to see him go to a... No, not Carlton, but I reckon he's nice. <laughs> to, uh, no, it's just that they won't, they won't respect him, but Collingwood might, you know? Yeah, um, I, I really hope that he finds a new home. One of the things that really impresses me, and you mentioned a solid citizen, he doesn't know when the cameras are on him, um, but you can tell that he still has out-and-out out joy for the, what the guys are experiencing this year. I was watching really closely whenever the camera panned to him, and to see him walking out after the, the prelim win with Cody Waitman arm-in-arm, arm, with a guy that's essentially taking his spot, but they were arm-in-arm arm together, they were revelling in the win that they'd been able to achieve. Um, I think that shows the character of the man. And I, and I think Lipinski was the other one you wanted to ask about, Rob Dog. I, um, yeah. Two weeks ago, um, Amit Baines was asked on SEN about Pat Lipinski, who yeah. there's been talk that 
he might um, have some other offers. The Dogs have given him a three-year contract, which I don't think he has signed yet as he weighs up opportunity elsewhere. But they have reiterated that they have ve- he is very much a required player, someone they're desperate to keep. So that's going to be an yeah. interesting one for him because he dominates yeah, the I'm twos, not, not quite I'm the not ones yet. I'm not surprised he's, um, you know, they want to keep him because, let's face it, the guy's got skills. He hasn't got pace, but he is a, he's got a nice leg. You know, he, mm. well, I don't know. There again, you go the pace thing. You know what I mean? Like, he's not that quick. Endurance, he's great. But, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, mate, thank you for taking my call, Pop. Good on you, Rob Dog. Uh, have a good week, mate. Thank you for calling. Uh, Andrew's in Caroline Springs. G'day, Andrew. Hi, Sam. How are you going? Good, thank you. Look, I just want to talk about, uh, just quickly, with uh, Luke Dunstan maybe coming there. Look, I think it's a good fit for us. I mean, it would help out Stringer a lot. I mean, that way he can play up forward a bit more. And, look, he's, we've got Zach Merritt and Darcy Parrish who, who can uh, have got great disposal. So if he just gets it out there and passes it on to him like Stringer does. It's, it's just, I think it's a good fit for us. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it, Essendon? Um, you know, I, yeah, when you look at them, I mean, Darcy Parrish has just come on in such big leaps and bounds. I mean, equal fifth in the Brownlow this year. And, and, and you look at, see, he's, he's deceptive, isn't he, Darcy Parrish? You look at him. He's, um, you know, blonde hair, um, youthful look, and um, he looks like butter wouldn't melt in his mouth. But he is a contested beast. Um, his clearance numbers, his contested possession numbers, uh, are right up there. I think he was ended up being the number one centre clearance player in the competition this year. So he gets his hands dirty, Andrew, and he can run and spread yeah. from stoppage. So they might not think they need another inside player, and they love Stringer at the centre bounce because he's become the most dangerous centre bounce player in the competition. His second half of the year, he went from, um, I can't remember where he was, but he ended up being the second highest ranked player in the league, um, and he was the, the, the best forward of centre player as well. So they've found... A great role for him where he wins it for you out of the middle and then floats forward to, to kick your goals. So I don't know if they'd look to lessen his midfield time, Andrew, but certainly um, what Dunstan's shown is that he wins footy and he can win, well, obviously wins votes. He almost averaged a vote a game. I think it was 11 votes from 12 games. So he'd certainly be a, a, a good to, to bolster any team without midfield depth. I, I would think maybe Port Adelaide. Port Adelaide, look, I'm I'm just throwing up a a club that I think needs a bit more midfield depth because when you look at Essendon, Andrew, you've still got Jai Caldwell, who I think is going to be a really, really good player for you. He's an inside mid. Um, What they do with Shield is is going to be interesting because he wants to be um, a, a, a player who starts in the middle of the ground. So I think you've got options there. And in the end, Perkins is going to end up going into the middle at some point in his career. So... Maybe, though. Look, you could be right. Maybe there's a couple of years there for him, but I wonder whether there's some other clubs that need to enhance their um, their ball-winning ability in the middle, maybe before Essendon. Oh, look, I understand what you're saying and all, but I just mm. think I, I would rather have... I know Stringer did play fantastic, don't get me wrong, but we need him to be kicking a goal. He was our leading goal kicker. I mean, I can see him kicking 50 to 60 goals up forward, like, the yep. way... Because we won't need him as much if, if he's got help around him. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, we've only got Harrison Jones up there, Peter Wright. They're the ones that other tall forwards that are kicking us goals. But as you've seen in the final... 
we didn't have. He was the one that kicked the the two goals, and we didn't have much else. I know it was a bad day and all for the for the team. It was raining and they were undersized and they're inexperienced and whatever. But I think yeah, like, yeah, I'd, yeah, it's it'll be a good pickup. It's fascinating, Andrew, and I reckon that's a conversation. I think if you and I sat at the bar and you get a you get ten Essendon fans, and I reckon you'd have half and half that'd say no, spend him more time forward, and the other half would say no, spend him, give Stringer more time in the middle. Um, and that's geez, it's a luxury that they've got, isn't it? He's one of the most effective centre square clearance players in the game. And he's also your most dangerous forward. But don't forget Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody. Hopefully, um, will be able to um, work through the personal issues that he's been confronting in the back half of the year, and will come back. I mean, he was Anthony McDonald, Tip and Woody was in all. Of, he, he, if he had continued the trajectory that he was on for most of the year, he would have been. I think he would have been the All Australian forward pocket. The way he was going, his first half of the year was superb. Um, in my um, ridiculous award, the Ivor Warren Smith for the best player each week with a hyphenated surname, the 3-2-1. He was streets ahead at the halfway mark of the year before Luke Davies-Uniak was able to um, really click into another gear and, and come home with a wet sail. But um, all that silliness aside, AMT will come back and be very damaging. It would seem that Essendon might be in the market to try and find another tall forward option just to help out as Harrison Jones and Peter Wright continue to establish themselves. Yeah, I wonder. You'd think there's a home for a Luke Dunstan. I mean, his disposal might not be elite, but his ball winning is. So surely there's a home for... And, you know, 11 votes, 12 games. It's pretty impressive. Zero four double three ninety eight eleven sixteen one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Hey, Sam, I'm a Pies supporter. I often wish we could get Wallace. That's from Jules in St Kilda. Um, hi, Sam. Is Hewitt another interstate reject? Would Carlton have a chance at Tom Mitchell? Cheers, Paul. No, George Hewitt's a very good player. Um, a fantastic run with player who wins plenty of the footy himself. He's the best and fairest winner at the Swans. So he's a player of really high calibre and you aren't going to be overpaying him from what, I'm under- what I understand as well. Um, I don't know if you've got the money to pay Tom Mitchell and I think you've put Shera as your priority, but if that fell through, then I wonder. He's on a pretty good contract at Hawthorne, though, Tom Mitchell, and he would require you to give up a fair bit. I mean, Hawthorne wouldn't let him go unless they could get two first-rounders, I don't reckon. Maybe a first-rounder in a future... Um, but it's an interesting suggestion. Um, and I love this text. Looked up your mate's band. Not bad. Thank you. Uh, that's my be- one of my best mate's band. I use all his music for the show. Uh, so thank you for that text. He'll be wrapped. Um, 0433 98 11 16. Uh, off the temper text. We'll come back. Um, Nathan Jones was on with Dwayne Russell earlier today. I'll bring you some of that. And um, more conversation around Michael Voss uh, looking to be in the box seat to be Carlton's new coach. Gary and Tim spoke about it. And Justin Lepich as well today on SEN. That's up next. With how well the team's going, obviously dominating that prelim final and even the final previous, I sort of knew my chances were um, slimming. And obviously I was at a crossroad with everything that was going on at home and... um, you know, after the smashing of the cats and, and you know, an injury-free uh, performance from the team, you know, I sort of wish them all the best and, and headed home to be a part of, um, you know, the next chapter with my family and make sure I didn't miss out on that. So, um, you know, it's, it's obviously it's all happened pretty quickly, but, um, you know, it's probably been a long time coming really and, um, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with the decisions I've made over the last probably two or three weeks and I'm really excited and I'm proud for the position the club's in and obviously the opportunity at hand for my teammates and um, you know, hopefully they can get the job done and reward the long-suffering supporters that have um, you know stuck with us through thick and thin. 
Oh, no, I'd like to keep the tradition alive, you know. I, I don't um, I don't sort of, you know, adhere to the, you know, I guess the, the views that, you know, the entire list should. I think it comes down to this game's really built on sort of, it is a ruthless game, you know, and there's there's hard luck stories every year, but ultimately it's about the 23 on grand final day. And, um, you know, I would, I, I would like it to just to, to stay the way it is. You know, I think everyone across our list, Internally within footy clubs, I'd assume it'd be the same. Gets acknowledged for their contribution and and um, you know their efforts in terms of helping that group to that point. But ultimately, it's the 23 on the day that have to get it done. And uh, if you're lucky enough um, to be in that position and you, you know you've seized your opportunity, um, you know I think that's part of the game. And and good luck to you. And if you win it, you deserve the medal. Legend of the Melbourne Football Club, and that's how he will be remembered and the, and the status in which he holds. Nathan Jones, former captain, their second most games ever played. Spoke to Dwayne Russell earlier today about his decision to come home to be um, with his beautiful wife to welcome his twins into the world, his third and fourth kids, and his views on whether or not the players outside the 22 that suit up on grand final day or 23 should get uh, a premiership medal. He's uh, a traditionalist in that discussion. And you can have your say on it. one three hundred seven three six seven three six 736 736 or 0433981116. He also says too, and unequivocal in that, one game in 28 days is not going to make a lick of difference um, to Melbourne. They've got the best fitness guy in the competition. Burgess will get him up and firing and ready to roll, and they'll be fully primed uh, come Saturday. Uh, Brendan's in Horsham. G'day, Brendan. G'day, Sam. How are you? Love the show. Thank you. Love all the SEN stuff. Mate, um, wouldn't it be funny if uh, Clarko goes to um, Tasmania? Do you reckon you'll ask Jeff Kennett to be the president of the footy club? <laughs> I'm just uh, just putting it out there. I mean, Jeff's been a great supporter of Tasmania, well, so uh, I don't know. He's, he's don't want to start been a, a he's, he's been a very big supporter of the checks that they've been giving. That's <laughs> that, that's certainly true. I'm sorry. Yeah. Anyway, Nathan Jones, what a legend. So anyway, love your show, guys. Thank you, Brendan. Um, it is an interesting, a, a very interesting proposition. A few people have rang up today floating that one because Clarko is going to start campaigning for Tassie and, and have a bit of a role in helping blow that trumpet for them and, and be a, a massive name behind that push, which is great of him. And there is a deep connection, obviously. Um, and you ask any of the Hawthorne players, especially that played during that premiership era where they won three in a row, that they made sure that the second day after every premiership, they took the cup to Tassie. So they've got a, a real affinity um, with, with Launceston. So that's great to have someone with that significant clout in Alistair Clarkson. But if they're going to come in and we're thinking around 2026, can't see Clarko being out of the game for that long. Hey, maybe you'll go somewhere and then go to Tassie. It'll be the greatest. Um, I can't imagine. A, would there have been, I mean, that's like Sheedy to the Giants for their first coach. That's the that's the kind of buzz that would have. Um, maybe even more so. But um, you know, that, that's that's the kind of stratosphere you'd be thinking of how big a, a story that would be if that was to happen. But oh, I think he's got another destination coming after he takes that sabbatical um, that we know that he's going to have for the next year. Hey. Um, in terms of new coaches, and geez, aren't there going to be probably a handful of coaches at clubs? Just and you don't want this for anybody, but there's certainly going to be coaches next year peering over their shoulder. Um, Michael Voss, it's looking like, is the major beneficiary of Clarko saying that no, no, he doesn't want to even look at a coaching job and doesn't want to think about returning until at least 2022. Um, every report, Tom Morris started this off yesterday that it's 
Michael Voss's job to lose. Sporting Capital's up next. Got a massive Sporting Capital for you. So not only are we going to, going to chat to Lauren Jackson, the first ever uh, Aussie player to be inducted into the Naismith Memorial Basketball Hall of Fame in the US, we're going to have a chat to we're going to have a chat to Jeff White who was part of uh, the D's 2000 losing grand final, and Jack Slattery, who played in the 1961 Western Bulldogs losing grand final. So a bit of memory lane as well, which we'll do in the sporting capital. That's up next. G'day, Mike Hussey here. Get on board Australia's best fantasy cricket game, KFC Supercoach BBL. It's fun, free and easy to play. Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005.